0: In this podcast, we share three different projects that were done recently. First one is an internal project done to increase the number and quality of the nonprofit volunteering projects, which actually led into the following two projects that we conducted. First one is reducing administration required to onboard harvest leads with the Portland Fruit Tree project. And the second one is improving the inventory supply management for trash cleanup events with Solve. We also have an unconference on December 7th that is free to attend. If you're interested in this topic of nonprofits and volunteering using Lean and Six Sigma methods, then definitely check out the event, and you can find that on our Eventbrite page. This presentation is also available on our YouTube channel, so check that out if you want to see the slides. Thanks for listening.
1: So welcome, everyone. My name is Maria Grzanka, uh, and welcome to Lean Portland's monthly happy hour. So. Um, just a couple of logistics. I'm trying to figure out how to do um, captioning for these meetings. Uh, so I put a couple of options on the screen. I don't think that Office 365 one is working quite yet. But if you are using Google Chrome, you can try webcaptioner.com. and that will do a um, open up another screen where you can have the captioning showing on your screen. And then also I've had some luck with Google Translate or Microsoft Translator on my phone, especially if you're using another language, that's really helpful. A couple of different ways you can find us, Lean Portland. We've got a website, an email address. If you have any questions or requests for future topics, please feel free to send them our way. The best way I think to stay up to date on our events is on Eventbrite. And then we also have a LinkedIn group where uh, we post reminders for these events and just any other information that is helpful or would be helpful or questions to the group. So we are a group of Lean and Six Sigma professionals that got together to share expertise in the community and share our methods and resources and project results, which is what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, ways that we come together. So every first Tuesday, and we've been doing this since 2015, we have a happy hour and it literally started as a happy hour uh, in a bar where we just get together with people that do this kind of work and ask questions and share resources. And of course we've moved into a virtual space now uh, and we do occasional speakers or activities We also do some different like educational workshops. So Brittany did a Lean 101 workshop a couple of months ago. We tend to repeat that one often. And then the other activity that we get together to do is uh, pro bono consulting. So this is volunteer consulting projects that we do out in the community where we get a chance to both practice our skills and continuous improvement with other organizations. As a way to develop our own practices and grow our skills by working with each other, so what we're going to talk about tonight is are those projects so we've got three projects that will. Have a few different groups present about tonight and then uh, in December we're going to do something a little different in December we're going to have uh, an unconference. And that is an open space event, meaning that it's an agenda meeting so whoever comes to the meeting is part of building the agenda when we come together and it's all about lean for social good So how do we use the tools and methods in lean and continuous improvement for more social ventures. And then starting out in January, based on feedback that we've had from our community, we wanted to do some more practical kind of exercises. So we're gonna do something called Troika Consulting, which is one of the liberating structures. And that's where you bring a problem and we group up into trios. And those trios help to kind of consult each other on different, uh, on how we might approach or solve a problem. Okay, so for tonight, we're gonna talk about three different projects, three different um, of the pro bono projects that we did this year. And we're gonna start with an internal project that we worked on led by Brittany. And then Amanda's gonna talk about the Portland Fruit Tree Project. And lastly, we have Solve and that's Taylor from Solve and Sam Morgan and John Lang from The Standard. Uh, then I'll talk a little bit about how to volunteer for one of these things or other processes that we have going on inside of Mean in Portland. And then, as usual, we kind of split off at that point around six for some general discussion networking and wrap up by 630. So I should mention that I think each of the presentations will be 10 minutes or less and we'll have we'll stop for questions. After each of the presentations, um, we can discuss uh, what what happened there, how it worked, etc. And then, yeah, I will turn it over to Brittany.
2: Thanks, Maria. So as Maria was saying, community consulting is a big part of what we do. And after some reflection and some various experiences throughout the years, we thought, well, we're continuous improvement nerds. Perhaps we should look inward and make sure that we are being effective, efficient, and um, all the wonderful things that come along with continuous improvement projects. So we decided to take a look at um, how we can improve our community consulting process. So, a few folks from Lean Portland were involved in this process. Maria, Amanda, uh, me, and Brian, I see, is also on the call. So the challenge we had was um, we've been doing this for a long time, but um, it's been a little haphazard, a little opportunity-based rather than strategic, you know, focus in the, at the beginning before engaging in projects to put some parameters around what we want, how we can help. And we really wanted to take a closer look at this. We started the process in 2018 and came up with a current state process map, but because we didn't put as much focus on standardization and what we wanted to offer, um, it didn't really stick, which we know is a challenge in many continuous improvement projects. So this year, um, we wanted to make sure we did something that is clear and sustainable. So the focus was to develop clear goals Bring in more lead and volunteer consultants, provide more opportunities for volunteers to lead projects and build skills, clarify roles, whether that's admins or volunteers and sort of different types of volunteer opportunities. And then of course, how do we make sure we're providing consistent and valuable consulting experiences for our nonprofit partners? So first things first, I apologize, there isn't supposed to be a continued up there. Um, but we, we discussed the before state. And as I mentioned before, there's, you know, it varied a lot. So we had some experiences with the rebuilding center where projects took more than one year and kind of spread out, work spread out quite a bit. Uh, with Free Geek, we've done multiple projects spread out over long periods. Youth Progress, we started an ambitious effort that was not completed. DPAVE, we started saying, you know, hey, maybe we should, you know, offer a menu or some discrete events we can do. But and we did that, which was really successful. And these other projects were successful too. But it just, it wasn't as consistent. And so we did experiment with a discrete event for DPAVE, but we didn't standardize it for future projects. And then last summer for Vancouver Public Schools. We experimented with, well, I guess that was in 2020, not last summer. Oh my goodness, time flies. Anyway, um, we experimented with time box specific opportunities, but again, it wasn't operationalized or standardized for repeatability. And the other thing we noted about the before state is that there were definitely opportunities for volunteers but not as many to take more of a lead role or build specific continuous improvement skills um, as opposed to sort of being boots on the ground, doing some of, the, some of that work, which is also incredibly valuable and all, all things are needed. But we just noted, oh, we don't have as many opportunities as we might like for volunteers to take lead roles. So we did a couple of different things Um, we established 2022 goals and I put a little box of what we came up with over on the top right there. We clarified the roles for lead consultants advising consultants and volunteers. We expanded opportunities for LEAD volunteers, so those are the folks that can, you know, gain a little bit more continuous improvement skills, maybe do some facilitation and leading some of the projects. And that way we also reduce the hours that sort of an advising consultant or a senior consultant for Lean Portland needed to spend on a project so that there were more, there was more bandwidth to support more LEAD volunteer opportunities. We did detailed and future state process maps. I took a small snippet from our future state map. It actually goes quite a ways over, but it was really valuable for us to say, how are we doing this? What do we want it to look like? We shared folders and kind of cleaned up our shared drive and linked um, the process templates to process maps to the process map so we can easily be like, oh, I'm in this step. Here's my template and my link to the folder. We're doing new and updated templates and we are drafting a plan for upcoming projects and who is on deck. And so this happened over a couple of months where we would meet and all get together and brainstorm and process map. And it was really fun because I got a chance to facilitate and facilitating facilitators is always a very fun experience. So that's essentially where we're at. Um, We're looking forward to seeing how this all works out and making it a continuous improve continuing to improve the improvers and making consulting more of a discrete activity with clear goals that are time bound and have consistent offerings we're going to continue to develop opportunities for others to participate develop workshops and resources to train lead consultants so they feel supported and have an opportunity to build and you know flex muscles we're going to build out more templates like this, and we want to develop a stronger pipeline of projects and volunteers. Uh, so, if you see the little blue box in the bottom, if you know of a nonprofit that may be a good fit for this new model, uh, this updated model, please contact us at leanportland@gmail.com or any of the other ways that Maria mentioned. You know, you can contact us on LinkedIn. Um, we're excited to begin an updated chapter of our community consulting offerings. Yeah. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, you bet. Do you want to save questions for the end after all three of
1: us present, Maria? Or would you like to take some now, if there are? I think we have, we've got time to take a few questions now. And um, I appreciate you going first because I think the way that this sets up is, you know so then after we did that, <laughs> we kind of tested it with the Fruit Tree Project, and then we tested it again with Solve.
3: So like we have like senior, well, I don't know—you want to call them like lead consultants and other consultants. So did we all talk about what those kind of, what the pictures of those look like and that kind of thing and you know how we're developing those or looking at those?
2: Yes. So um, I think the language we settled on and Maria or anyone can jump in on this. We have sort of an advising consultant. So this is one of the maybe more experienced folks that have led projects for a long time. And their role is to provide guidance and support and mentorship. And then the lead consultant would use the resources, tools and templates that we've developed to take take the lead role with support from the advising consultant and really lead and organize the project. And then so that's the lead, consult, volunteer, lead volunteer consultant is probably the best way to frame that one. And then there are a variety of opportunities too for volunteers to do the boots on the ground kind of work. Sound about right, team?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. great, Brittany. And I think, you know, one of the, the objectives there was to provide more opportunities for people to be in that lead role.
4: And that's something that we continued the theme as we talked about some of our goals for 2022, and we continue to expand that is really to make sure that we're creating those volunteer opportunities right throughout these projects uh, and in different ways throughout Lean Portland.
1: If there are no more questions about the um, about Brittany's project, I think we can move on to you, Amanda.
4: Awesome. Well, I'm I'm going to apologize that I'm going to have my screen off uh so sorry you won't get to see my face uh but i am excited to be here tonight so i had the opportunity earlier this year to work with the uh, portland fruit tree project where we focused on reducing the administration required to onboard their harvest leads now to give you a little bit of background the portland fruit tree project was created in 2006 in response to a massive amount of fruit dropping from trees in North and Northeast Portland. Now the following year in 2007, the program started to expand outside of their neighborhood. And over the last 14 years, Portland Fruit Tree Project has hosted over 750 harvesting events, founded five community orchards and led educational workshops. The organization has continued to evolve with a focus on food equity and their role in the local food system. Now, one in seven Oregonians face food insecurity many of them are children so through the harvest program Portland Fruit Tree Project strives to improve the quality of life of people in Portland by sharing harvests equitably throughout our communities early in 2021 Lean Portland connected with the Portland Fruit Tree Project and as the advising consultant I believe is the language we're using Maria was able to connect with Heather at the Portland Fruit Tree Project and agreed uh, that I would go ahead and lead this one as the lead consultant or lead volunteer consultant. So we'd planned on taking this project on in the summer, but we quickly uh, realized that there was an opportunity to get started ASAP. So we pulled the project together in April of this year and we held two improvement events. So tested out kind of this model that we talked about to have maybe four hours of an event spread over two different sections. So uh, this gave the team a chance as well, the Portland Fruit Tree Project team in between the two sessions to go research some of the opportunities as well as take some of the actions. Now we assembled a great project team uh, that represented a variety of roles. You can see here, we have the executive director, we have the tree care and harvest program manager. And then we also have uh, other people like Kathy and Madeline that were volunteers with Portland Fruit Tree Project. Now, in our first two hour session, we discussed what the project goals would be uh, some ways that we could identify waste and which areas of opportunity, we really want to research further. We agreed that the scope of the project would focus on the harvest lead onboarding and communication. Our problem statement was that onboarding and training of new harvest leads currently requires a significant amount of admin and oversight to ensure quality experiences for our clients. The vision of success was actually to set clear expectations for Harvest Leads and uh, create a better community experience for our Harvest Leads. Now, one of the really cool things that I saw happen as a part of this kickoff conversation was really around understanding what value is. And uh, what the team started to identify was really the value of making this program diverse and inclusive. So this became kind of a theme throughout the uh, activity was how to bring in more diversity and inclusiveness. So as our analysis continued, we completed process maps, waste identification exercises, and identified the solutions that maybe they'd talked about, but they hadn't really implemented. Now the major opportunities that we identified were really around communication, both from the administrative side to the harvest leads and to the customers. So we revealed that there were actually multiple different ways that they were communicating from receiving the request from a uh, customer to actually going ahead and getting the harvest lead um, notified and ready to go out. So there was a lot of different um, uh, ways that they were communicating that, not just like through phone calls, but like different types of software that the person could access to find out what was going on with the project. So this made it really hard for them to understand Uh, exactly what their tasks were uh, and which projects that they needed to work on and really if they had questions who do they ask questions where do they go for the answers when the answers had already been really cured and and created in a lot of detail but weren't necessarily available to everyone so we saw this need uh, for the supply area as well to be organized for the harvest leads to keep in mind um uh That with the harvest leads in mind right so not just kind of as a tracking or i'm sorry as a storage closet. But actually a place for the harvest leads to be able to access uh, the tools and with them in mind as they were the ones that were actually going there with the need to find um, uh, the different tools to do the harvests. Uh, We then allowed some time for that part, the Portland Fruit Tree Project team to actually go out and conduct further research. So kind of take a look at those different communication tools they're using. Are there other options which are working best? Talk to some of the people that they've worked with in the past to find out which one they might wanna um, focus on, as well as take some time to look at that basement closet and see if they could make some improvements. We also identified some long-term options uh with that as well that we'll talk about in just a few minutes so about a week after the first event we had that second event that was about two hours long and we were able to get more insight into all the opportunities and solutions to determine which ones would be the biggest focus for our team now we identified long-term opportunities as well that, that the team could continue improving throughout the session so we got the chance in this second meeting to go over everything they would experienced, and to kind of build upon those ideas, but also make sure that we had really great actions for them to take afterwards. Now as a result of these discussions and the analysis that they had completed. Uh, a narrated training presentation for the harvest leads was created. This had the ability to ensure that there was a formal hub of resources that was available at any time. Uh, The team very much wanted to see harvest leads return as well. And so as a result, they've created a certification training path, which provides resources, formality, and credibility to their training. They also consolidated all those different forms of communication to use Slack so that any, Any harvest lead knew exactly where they could go to for really quick uh, questions uh, and getting the answers to those questions. They also organized that basement storage area. And unfortunately, I know uh, in the next project, we'll get to see some of those before and after pictures. We didn't get any before pictures on that storage area, but I know if we go after another project with this team, we'll get some great pictures and remember to do that next time and then finally the team uh, continued to reduce waste and simplify their online experience not just for the harvest leads but for the owners that uh, uh, request the harvesting as well so you might be wondering what's next what are they going to do next well still on the table is the possibility of of us doing more projects with portland fruit tree uh, in the future so that's something that we might be able to see next year it's kind of the next iteration with this team and uh to facilitate that and facilitate uh informed improvement we've really talked about making sure that they have some metrics or numbers that they can monitor from last season to next season so this should help to inform our next project the team also continues to lead conversations and provide resources around food equity so if you haven't checked out their website it's great to go out there and take a look uh, and get more of that information about food equity with a, a focus on diversity and inclusion as well. Now, this has been something for me that I felt really lucky to be a part of this project because I got to learn a lot about food equity and some of the challenges in Portland. So uh, as kind of the lead, advi- the lead uh, volunteer consultant, I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to participate in this project. And uh, you know, as we look for more volunteers to lead these projects, I think that'll continue to be a theme is all the value that it really provides to people across the project. All right, so that's everything that I have on the Portland Fruit Tree Project. Are there any questions? Hey, Amanda, I see one question that Charlie Mm -hmm. posed in chat and he's saying, with this
5: experience, would Friends of Trees want to work with us? Yeah, that sounds good.
4: Great idea. Charlie, did you want to tell us more about Friends of Trees?
6: Ah, there we go. Okay. All right. Uh, if we got a tree, uh, herd the tree fruit trees, I might as well herd the trees for Friends of Trees to be a tree herder. Uh, and yeah. so they probably have the same issues as Sheila caught that. So she, she looks like she thought it was funny. Good. Uh, but uh, the uh, Friends of Trees will have the same issue. And, and I've encountered this uh, issue with uh, Portland Bureau Emergency Management and the Neighborhood Emergency Teams in mm-hmm. terms of, I did a project for the PSU lean in process improvement class on how to, on the training of people uh, and stuff like that. They had a problem, like I did a value uh, map, value stream mapping ma- uh, for uh, PBM and how to train people. So tra- getting people in, but then training them and, and, and then keeping the process going properly is going to be always going to be issues for these groups, particularly since they're volunteers.
4: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the exciting things to me about this is the idea of connecting those two groups, right? So we also have the opportunity to be kind of that bridge between Portland Fruit Tree Project and maybe other organizations that have similar processes. Um, so definitely Friends with of Trees sound like somebody that maybe we could reach out to and, and see some opportunities for in the future.
7: I've got a couple of questions. Um, yeah, John. When you identified these improvement opportunities, did you run experiments mm-hmm. to prove the concepts?
4: Did we run experiments? So I would say um, that that's kind of the space that we gave between the events, right? So to be able to do this two hour event and then give the team the chance to go out and try some of these tools uh, and then see what worked and what didn't work. So yes, they had the chance to go experiment with it. And that's why that final two hour session really works out nicely because we can talk about what they learned from that activity. And then we were able to build upon that so that as they went out to the next iteration, they could just continue to improve and continue to make that better and better. The experiments weren't necessarily formalized in terms of uh, having some documentation around each iteration that they did.
7: Okay, thank you. And my second question: um, You've got your before and your after state. How mm-hmm. did you measure the improvements that were made?
4: Yeah, you know that's a great question and something I'm always pushing for. Sometimes on these first projects, that's something that's really challenging mm-hmm. uh, to actually see numbers-wise, right, metrics-wise, a change in our data set. And that's why it's so important that the next steps that we identified were around really getting a lot better data. And so some of the activities that they were doing in standardizing the way that their online platform ran, that they were getting communications from their clients so that it was in one place where they could run some of those numbers so that they could see which harvest leads are actually returning how many they actually trained. That was data that they didn't necessarily have from previous years, that hopefully they have this year in 2021. So uh, we weren't able to see um, uh, definitively or validate that those improvements have changed. But anecdotally, we could see you know, that it was easier. We had great feedback from the harvest leads this time. We saw that the platform was updated and um, we had, um, It sounded like there were more successful onboarding events than in previous years that required less time from the administration side, but we didn't have necessarily the data, the observational data to validate that. But hopefully in the next project. Okay, thank you. Hey, Amanda.
1: um, Yeah. I'm also remembering. In between those two sessions, and when they went to go look at that process map the first time, there was a couple of steps that they realized they could eliminate entirely, if I'm not mistaken, that was like, oh, this was just doubling something else that was already there. Trello, like there was some kind of tracking step that was like, oh, we don't even need to do this anymore, and that wasn't um, obvious to them at first Mm -hmm. until they mapped it out.
4: Yes, exactly. So using these multiple different ways of tracking systems, uh, Trello was a great example. They had, I think, two or three others that they were also using aside from Slack. Um, So they found, you know, moving between the Google form, kind of a one-off Google form, Trello, uh, I can't remember the other communication tool that they were using Uh, But trying to get the harvest leads to know what they were supposed to be focused on when they had so many different ways of tracking was really challenging. So sitting down and actually talking about those as a team uh, was beneficial because everybody has their own, you know, pieces that they're responsible for and they care about tracking. uh, But we don't necessarily see kind of, well, what does the next step do with that data and why do they need that data? And what is the data that we actually need? So this is also a conversation that was really good was to say, what are we tracking? What are we asking for versus what we actually need? So needing a little bit more feedback from our harvest leads after they complete a harvest was important so that we could make sure that we continued to improve, but also that the client got everything that they needed. So do we need to do a refresher of the training to maintain a baseline? Um, do you mean the harvest lead onboarding? Charlie.
6: Yeah. Is, is see if what we what was taught to them is yeah. working and or they need more adjustments or etc. cetera.
4: Absolutely. I think that there's a huge opportunity here for us, you know, throughout the year. So the way that they work is they kind of have a season that these harvests happen. So it's kind of like an annual cycle. So definitely, I think this is a great opportunity for us, maybe at the beginning of each year mm-hmm. to reach out to them and say, Hey, are you interested in a project this year? Because we were testing this four-hour model, it was a great opportunity for us to see what worked and what didn't work. But mm-hmm. also with this four-hour model, we have the opportunity to have kind of different modules, let's say, uh, where you know this one was maybe really focused on identifying waste, whereas other ones might be more focused on 5S or making our work visual. Or so there's still opportunities there for us to take that to the next level with them. Yeah. yeah? Absolutely. And they're also just on the harvest lead side, uh, from what I understand, not only have they been focused on training the new harvest leads, but also retaining the ones that they've trained in the past. So it seems like they're getting better about, um, uh, getting that refresher for the harvest leads and getting, uh, the respect for them and, and elevating that as, uh, showing, showing that they're very valuable and that they appreciate their return each year.
6: Do they even have a standardized uh, program for bringing them in on and stuff like that? And does that flow properly?
4: Yeah, and they do now. So they had a program before, but it wasn't necessarily standardized or formalized within the team in terms of being kind of in one central hub. And now they have their source of truth. And now they can kind of iterate off of that and see uh, what worked, what didn't work, and continue to improve it.
0: I had one more. Amanda, when was the future state map put together? Was that the second session or the first one?
4: Yeah, I think uh, the future state map um, was put together kind of in a combination. So we had some aspirational pieces there that we had started to put in, in terms of um, identifying and addressing some of the the gaps uh, and knowing which gaps that we wanted to remove and see if we could simplify those. Uh, And then we really finalized that and walked through it in the second session and talked about what it really meant to go through each of those steps. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I think this is a great uh, segue into the Solve project, which was kind of our next iteration or uh, trial of this program.
2: Sorry to jump in. I just want to note that John put a question in the chat.
4: Yeah, he
2: says, "As, as well as a standardized program, do they have standardized work?
4: Yeah, you know, I don't think that I can quite uh, answer that definitively. Uh, I do think they have a standardized program. I don't know that they have standardized work.
1: Thanks, Amanda. Great job. And I'll hand it over to Sam and Taylor, and you can talk um, a little bit about what happened with our project at all.
3: Well, I'm actually I'm really excited to share about this. project that actually came out of like some collaboration with um standard where john and i both work and then with solve who is one of the like nonprofits that one of our leaders is on the board of so it really kind of all came together in a real cool like it was just kind of perfect timing um so um the people who participated in this and so taylor and john are both here and there i'm gonna just kind of they're gonna interject and add kind of the perspective of um, Taylor working at Solve and participating in this like actively and continuing to do the work. And then John was helping facilitate with myself and Maria. So you can see here, all the different folks who participated from Solve. And then uh, the Hoff was a part of that. He was always looking over us in the conference room, (laughs) rather humorous. Taylor, why don't you, I'm just gonna put the information up. So maybe you can just hit the high points of what Solve is is doing, and maybe the reason why you were reaching out, and then we can talk about um, the the specific problem we were working on.
5: Sure. Got yeah, to summarize, so Solve has been around for a long time. You know, over fifty years, we've been bringing Oregonians together um, through volunteer projects that range from litter cleanups to restoration events to invasive removals. Um, we, you know, over the course of a year, work with over thirty thousand volunteers. Um, supporting folks in leading their own events by providing supplies and education and um, outreach for events across the state. Um, We also lead some large-scale year-round events. Um, We had our last big Beach and Riverside cleanup event in September where we had, I think, 130 events taking place over the course of 10 days. So we're really active. We're really busy all the time. (laughs) And we have a lot of supplies coming in and out. Um, We have staff-led events. And we have a lot of Portland-based leaders who are coming to our physical space to uh, pick up supplies and bring them back for their cleanup or restoration events. We also mail out supplies across the state. So um, yeah, this experience with Liam was really to help us hone in on that because we've tried a variety of different methods for um, managing the supplies that we, that we have and to a little success. So um, our work with them was really to focus on how do we just examine this and figure out a more sustainable process.
3: And that's really, that's a good, a good segue here too. And of course, Solve always has opportunities for volunteers and other things. So there's information there if you're interested in in getting in touch with Taylor and the team there. Um, But I want to kind of toss it to to John on this one. And as we kind of met with the leadership team from Solve and did kind of a current state and and kind of understood what the problem was. Had a lot to do with supply inventory management. So John, do you want to kind of talk a little more about how we understood the problem with
7: Solve? Yeah, well, well, one of the challenges that, that Solve have is to, to be able to buy their, their supplies at the, the best price they have to buy them in bulk. So in a lot of instances, they're buying a year's worth of supply. And when we're looking at the area where they're doing the picking, in a lot of instances, they had a year's supply of stock in that area. So it was hard to find what they're wanting for. And, and they didn't have a defined process. You know, They didn't have any visualization or standardization. So we are trying to introduce them to some of, that, some of those tools and to take some of the waste out of the out of a, a, a process. Because when stuff comes back in, it just literally gets dumped upon them. And then they have to try and sort it out. So there's a lot of waste and there's a lot of trash lying around. So we are trying to guide them in how to improve that and best lay out the process
3: yeah that, that's great anything Maria since you were there anything else you would add to that in terms of what the problem we were, we were trying to solve would be
6: no okay cool is, is there a so, possibility of even do they have a, a a flow map or spaghetti map
3: so yeah we'll kind of we'll get to that here so the, <laughs> the, the before picture um, and we have some really cool uh, Maria created a mural board for the whole event but this um, kind of captures some of what was what was going on so Taylor do you want to talk about maybe some of the things some of the big pain points that were going on for you when we were starting the event there you kind of touched on some of them maybe in a little more detail
5: sure I mean I, I think one of the trickiest things is we um, you know we're all working kind of on a hybrid schedule so it was difficult for us to have like a standard process when we're not all in the same space um, we also added a storage unit um, because we've gotten increased funding for the city of portland so we've got more supplies that we're able to purchase to support an increased amount of litter cleanups um we have supplies that we don't use all year round like our restoration events you know tree plantings things can't happen in the summer because the ground is too hard mm-hmm. um so we're you know we've got supplies that we don't use frequently but when we do use them it's like okay we need 80 shovels <laughs> um so Um, Yeah, and we have folks that are, you know, digital inventory has not been super successful because we have folks that are mostly out in the field. And then when they're coming back, it's just kind of a, you know, they've been out in the field for multiple hours. And so they're just trying to kind of wrap up their day. It's it's a labor intensive job. Um, Yeah, broken supplies, uh, things that, you know, didn't have a, a, what happens next or who's responsible um, and things were just purchased uh, on a annual cycle to get that bulk discount, but also to just kind of have it done and and out of out of mind. But then it results in like literally thousands of supplies that we're now we've pivoted. For example, we are trying to be more sustainable, so we're using uh, donations of grain bags from breweries, which is fantastic but it's resulted now and we don't need 2,000 bags. Um, So there's just a you know we've just a lot of growing pains I'd say this year and um, not a lot of space.
3: Yeah and I like I like the I think the pictures here kind of capture some of that like up up in the left there we have like a lot of like there there's like buckets and other things or donations and like an office and then you have the excess bags there under the table and kind of the area was hard to like pick from, like mm-hmm. in a in an orderly way, so that you didn't have like waste of motion, and that um, and that kind of thing. So I just want to give you an idea of something that I think could be very useful going forward is the use of something like a mural board, where you get to, where you can where you can take notes from the event and you know the different pieces of it. You can look, uh, you can put in the pictures and draw a flow. Um, and capture like what the current was. And then you know, if you like we had two sessions, so this is really cool because we could we could kind of see some of the changes that were being made over time, even over the couple weeks. We did two two hour sessions, right? Really, the first one was focused on uh, 5s. We focused on sorting and like helping understand what needed to be sorted out and setting in order. So those, that was really like the main focus. We weren't trying to go like too deep. Just getting like a, a jump start on it, uh, for lack of a better word. So, been thinking about the after, um, John. Uh, what did you see? when We went in after the first time, and then at the end of that second session, for kind of the after. Well,
7: as as Charlie touched on, we did do a, a spaghetti diagram or a spaghetti map, and that really highlighted the really the disorganisation and there was no flow in the process, and we. We helped them to see that because everybody was going in and doing it differently. But by visualizing it with, with the, the spaghetti map, they could see how disorganized it was. And then they could see how they needed to lay it out and how much inventory they had. And Sam's going to go on to a bit. But it, we also suggested the concept of, of Kanban because they've got all, all of a year's supply of stock there. They don't need all that on the pick face. So they'd move out to a, a, a secondary location or an overstock location and use Kanban to to resupply the pick location, and then use a a second Kanban or a second type of Kanban for reorder. So when they get down to that reorder level, they order the right amount instead of, that's a problem that Taylor has, they order thousands of bags that they don't need. So it's getting that that right amount with a little bit of safety stock in it.
3: That's a good call out there, the timing of the order. And I think one of the focuses we left the first time was like, let's get what we what like what's the minimum amount you need so you can have that level and then start working the process from there, Taylor? Anything you'd add in terms of you know the after and be, like in between those two and then after, uh, of like maybe some of the differences between before and after?
5: Yeah, sure. I, I think that in between space is really just us kind of analyzing what needed to be in the space I think it was difficult for me to answer like how much do we need (laughs) because we have so many different styles of events that required you know different quantities um and so we just kind of took that first step by getting out a lot of the clutter and removing items that had just been like archived or just I don't even know why they were there um, and then that second step was involving staff who I don't think had ever really gotten a say in in the space to really talk about like what they felt like would be most um, impactful for them in terms of process change and like physical layout and then I feel like everyone really had more of a sense of ownership of the space after
7: that. I think that that was a key step you know The management team can look at the theoretical way of how it's best to do it, but you don't get the ownership from the people who do it and the knowledge from the people who do it. So that was great getting them involved in that. And I have to
3: say, like, that was like, for me, that was like the big highlight too. like when we got to the end of the second day and we had like the spaghetti diagram and we're coming up with like some action steps. And John did a good job of introducing like the Harvey ball concept, just simply being able to see where you mm-hmm. are in the step that you're trying to take action. The team was just super stoked and like, man, we wish you could like be doing this, like with us a couple more times and you could just tell there was a lot of energy around it. And then to your point, John, the people who are doing the work owned it. and as we talk about that all the time, the respect for people and helping them understand that their voice is not only, you know, it's needed and valued. And I think this event kind of drove that home and is what I'm hoping will continue on and help them to s- sustain some of these things, some of the basic like tools and principles that we kind of put out in this facilitation. Um, so lots of things, you know, reduced inventory in the pick area and there was definitely, you can see more room going on to be able to pick from. Um, and then one of the things that happened though also was that there was some heavy rains that caused a leak in the supply area. So. Taylor, you all had some uh, a few challenges with that, um, in terms yeah. of like trying to be able to move forward with some of the changes.
5: Yeah, that definitely pushed us back a little bit in the that, that like first really heavy rain storm that happened a few weeks ago, and it's still not uh, fixed in our building. So it, it kind of threw a wrench in us being able to start implementing things like the Kanban system, which I think we desperately need. Um, so we're they're on the horizon, but there have definitely been some uh, <laughs> roadblocks.
3: And that, and what's cool and that, that I like about Lean is like it's not like oh let's not try let's like avoid those. Actually, the whole point is to like see those, acknowledge them, and then run experiments to try to get around them and try different things. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, now thinking about moving forward, what's next for y'all there? Um, Taylor, in terms of things that you all are going to work on, you know, the Kanban, inventorying, that kind of thing.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, you know, leading up to end of year is definitely a, a time where we regularly do inventorying of supplies and we've, we've budgeted now for this for 2022 cycle. Um, so it's us right now needing to figure out, okay, instead of just visualizing what we have why not while we're inventorying figure out like, is this where we want things to be? Because we still have this additional space, um, this offsite storage unit that we feel like is not being utilized as we'd like it to. So we're gonna be making some some shifts there. Um, And then through that system, simultaneously inventorying um, and creating some visual. We've got everything right now is kind of on a post-it note temporarily. Um, and so next step would really be us making some laminated, typed out um, things like Kanban cards and how much you know is supposed to be in this specific area to support with that inventorying and, and restocking. Um, tracking is the one thing I'm, that it seems further off in the distance um, just because we've still been needing to figure out like these just physical location and um restocking and people everyone in this space just knowing like where things exist yeah
3: sounds like a lot of great opportunities and you guys have been really focused on trying to do you know take take some stuff away it wasn't just like oh this is like a one and done you really are working to move forward john any final kind of thoughts on you know what's next for them and things to maybe think about uh for the team there
7: I think that you've covered all the steps they're going to take next, and I think they're going to be successful. It was a, it was a very positive team. Everybody was really involved and really keen to get ahead and, and introduce some of these tools they were learning. And as we've, we always say, Sam, we may not be there with them, but they can reach out to us for advice any anytime
3: they need it. That's right. Free advice. <laughs> So that's, that was the SAW project. It really was super fun um, to, from beginning to end. Honestly, it started like last year around December, just kind of the germination of the idea. So we're almost like 11 months around. And I think we've learned a lot from it. And I'm excited to maybe do more of these types of partnerships with organizations like The Standard and others that have volunteer hours, that can partner with like other like nonprofits that they're really tied to and have a relationship with. And we can get experience like myself just new and can develop and grow my skills and confidence through this kind of experience while helping an organization that's doing great work in the community so i think it's just a great partnership and one i hope we get more opportunities to do so um, any questions about what we kind of shared or the experience process
1: this is not a question but i i can't help myself i have to jump in right now with my highlight highlight Uh, so a couple of Weeks, maybe months after we did the event, I got to uh, volunteer at a solve event in my neighborhood. And so, you know, I arrived and all the supplies were there. And I was like, I understand what all these supplies were. I know where they're all stored in the office. And I did the safety talk. Well, I didn't do the safety talk, but I attended the safety talk before we went out for our litter pickup. And the person giving the safety talk, um, I introduced myself and I said, hey, I'm from Lean Portland. I was just there in the office organizing the supplies. And he he said, oh, the spaghetti map. And I was <laughs> so right. thrilled. I was so thrilled that, you know, I had not talked to this person before, but they knew exactly um, what that was all about and how that contributed to the supplies getting to the event that we were there today. So um, I thought that was really awesome. And I'm super thrilled tonight to just hear so many different people presenting these. This is, I think, the first time that we've actually presented out projects live, what we did. And I'm so happy to have so many people presenting tonight. And, like, Brittany, the work that we did on that internal project made all of this possible. I mean, these were two two two-hour workshop sessions with each of these organizations so the challenge remains on our side to find out how like the challenge is to scope a problem into a four-hour chunk so that more people can participate and the thing that's coming up for me right now is um like don't let perfect get in the way of better you know, Perfect. there's always a what's next. So if that means we get another group of volunteers and we go back to the same organization, or we have like our favorite organizations that we keep going back to, that's fine because there's never a shortage of problems to solve.
3: And we're getting like a question from Linda is how to get involved with projects like these. So what would we say is uh, the the best next step for someone like Linda?
1: Uh, Well, I think the best next step is to email leanportland at gmail.com. And I do have a little bit more information I'm going to share in a minute um, about different, like more specifics on that in just a minute.
5: I have a question um, about about Solve and how far ahead of time do you know what is coming up in the pipeline as far as types of events and the size possibly and how many people to anticipate so that that is kind of creating the pull for your your Kanban, um, the the flow and what you need. And so how far ahead might you know that? Sure. Yeah, we try to stay within like a at least two week minimum notice of Mm -hmm. events, but then we do have some staff led events that come up where we are having to pivot really quickly. Um, That doesn't happen all the time, but there have been events that we've put together in 24 hours. Wow. And two weeks is not a long time either. I mean, that's a very not really. Quick... <laughs> not at <laughs> right. all. But like, get not, up and go. Yeah. yeah it's oh. definitely very fast paced. And um, I mean, I've been with the organization since January. And this is actually like a slower year because we're in the pandemic, but it has not, in my opinion, been slow. We we still have an immense amount of uh, volunteer engagement and folks really activated right now. So, yeah, I would say two week minimum is pretty standard. Thank you.
3: That's question. definitely something like in thinking about like the like what's the minimum amount of inventory they need, and then the back stock and all that. That's definitely a question that that was mm-hmm. talked about during our time. So that's a, I'm glad you surfaced that again because that's definitely one to to think about for that.
6: Um, a, a quick thought on that is you have Friends of Trees, Portland Fruit Trees Project. And solve may they may have commonality in terms of supplies or shovels or other types of gear to where you can uh, get together and 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 share the costs, or at least get a bigger, bigger order such mm-hmm. that you get a bigger discount. I'm not sure what other types of groups out there who may have a commonality in terms of uh, logistics.
5: I love that idea. That's good. And
6: good today.
8: How, how are the um, nonprofits identified? Or do, do you did the agencies come to you or do you go to just figure out an agency and figure and then approach them? And uh, how does this work? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: Do you want We're to still talk kind about of working on that process. Do you want to right,
1: talk Marie? about how, Sam, how did the um, solve and the standard thing come together?
3: Yeah, so just as an example, like, I I I mean, I've been connected with Lean Portland, and at the Standard Standard has, like, uh, um, you know, a lot of community connections were big in being involved with nonprofits and supporting them, so it just was a natural that We're, as Lean Portland, always trying, we're trying to find a way to get that, um, like, that pull of people just coming in, rather than us trying to, like, go out there and, like, grab like we want a a flow coming in so we're still kind of working on how can we what's a natural way to get that coming in to us and we can always go out if we've got personal connections and stuff like that, but ideally be great if people just knew about what we offered we're like oh that'd be great and then does that does that answer what you were asking Mary.
8: Uh, Yes, and then and the agencies need to be in Portland. Not necessarily. So, for example, the Portland Fruit Tree
1: Project, we did that all virtually. Okay. So that is Mm -hmm. a possibility. Okay. It depends on the process. So in terms of, and I can talk a little bit about how the Portland Fruit Tree Project came together. That was a personal connection. I guess I'm connected to some nonprofits in my neighborhood. and and Fruity Project happens to be also in my neighborhood. So someone knew someone and we've developed at this point a little kind of like script in like how to reach out to the the nonprofit organization. And like, this is what we're offering. This is what it would look like. These are the next steps. And I think, uh, well, like the hypothesis is that this four hour format is, easier to say yes to rather than let's form a, well, like let's just do consulting with no kind of like boundaries or scope to it. And so that has been uh, a lot easier to get people to agree to opening up their space and letting some strangers in to look at it and go, um, I think we could do better here. I think we should do better here, but it's really like a team effort to analyze their own situation.
8: So it's not necessarily. So I'm I'm thinking um, of two organizations. Uh, one is, which is in Portland, um, like Child Advocates. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with that, but and then also um, I'm connected with uh, Dementia Friends in Vancouver, uh-huh. which they're um, this kind of Vancouver Portland. Um, so I I was thinking like the process of Dementia Friends particularly is a very small nonprofit Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out and brainstorm and how to expand that and get the word out more. It seems like it's it's kind of a struggle from what we're doing right now to be able to do something like this. And so I don't know if that's- the appropriate format if this
3: would be the appropriate format that would that would
8: follow
3: yeah I would I would say Mary that's really the the cool thing about this is we can work on any process So what we what our goal is is to help the pain points right like introduce like the concepts of continuous improvement so they can use them after we're gone right and help improve mm-hmm. the pain points So like in this case with the dementia friends like sounds like getting the word out is a challenge So that could be, a potential like hey let's look at what's making this a challenge to getting the word out and what's the target for how many people we want to reach and, and these kind of things so that would actually be super cool like that'd be a whole different aspect mm-hmm. but still yeah. like like help them improve that process so that they can better serve the people that they're trying to serve so that kind of actually excites me like doing something like that yeah that's
4: great mm-hmm. Really cool to just do some PDCA cycles and measure, and just kind of help them keep track and see what mm-hmm. works.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Great. That's that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Mary. That's awesome.
8: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and definitely, so got- yeah, Shoot us an email or or touch base with us. We'd love to chat more about that because I think that could be that uh, could be really fun. Okay, and I'm up in Vancouver, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah great.
1: And yeah, we consider it Portland Metro.
3: Portland Metro, yes, yes. That's good. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
6: Portland Metro can possibly go far down as uh University of Oregon or something like that.
4: No, no, question. Question. I
1: think we have some um we have some friends uh, down in the Salem yes, right, and yeah. Eugene area that we've talked to in the past at least. Um so we've got a goal next year to do eight projects, which is double what we've done this year. What, we did this year. So we have a couple of people that um, are kind of serving in that uh, advising consultant role. And that really is like, we've done some projects before. We've run through the thing, we've been involved in piloting the process, but really it's about getting more lead consultants um, out there doing the project. So we're always looking for more lead consultants, or if you don't feel like you, that's you right now, the volunteer consultant too um, is, either like a co-lead or a kind of like let me just shadow what's going on here so I get a little bit more comfortable with the process Uh, and we do are looking for organizations that are um, ready to work on a project in that should say 2022 not 2021. Um, Ready to go in 2022 the process that Brittany was talking about earlier, that front end of the process is really like a scheduling matchup. So we'll take one advising consultant, one lead consultant, and you know whoever else is in the queue and try to pair them up with a nonprofit in the time frame that everybody's available. right? So, that's another challenge in the process because we could sign up now, but you know maybe February is a really busy month for John and he can't do it. So you know we'll have to go to the next person in the queue or something like that. But that's how we're imagining that the process will work going forward. And then in terms of, I'll just put this out there too, that we are a totally volunteer run organization. So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that um, we kind of rotate responsibility around for everything from, just typing up uh, monthly collecting input and putting it into our monthly newsletter. Keeping track of people that wanna volunteer is not really a problem right now, but as that list gets longer, I think we'll wanna have something more solid in terms of managing that. Mm -hmm. Events like this and managing this calendar and scheduling them and all of the logistics that go around with that. And then we've done quite a bit of work this year to get more um, input and feedback from this community to find out what people want to do more of. Some of that was like being able to practice some of the lean tools with like a case study or an activity or some kind of like simulation that you might also use at work. So we're going to try to um, work that into our regular monthly content. And then of course we want to measure everything. So um, we haven't quite figured out the metrics or how to do that, but would appreciate any support there too. I've just got one, a couple more things and then I'll open up some breakout rooms and we can all just chit chat. Um, but just a reminder that on December 7th, which would be our normal happy hour time, we have an extended event here that's gonna be an unconference and the theme is lean for social goods. So being able to use those continuous improvement tools in all sorts of other organizations, this is, uh, The agenda will be formed when we get there and feel free to invite others from the like other colleagues uh, in the continuous improvement world, along with nonprofits or other organizations that are doing social good to um, hopefully learn about lean or other continuous improvement or make connections even. Brian, do you want to say more about the event? I
0: was just going to add that, you know, looking for nonprofits or government agencies or people just interested in you know, helping out with uh, spreading the word around lean, it's going to be a pretty open. So we'll just see what the topics are based on who shows up. So um, yeah, if you have any interest in what we've shared tonight, then I think you definitely want to come to that.